Hello there. You're about to listen to an episode of Food and Health Talk, Legacy Food and Health Talks. You know, in 2023, Food and Health Talks rebranded and relaunched as change makers. But all the episode we've recorded up to this point is still available for you to listen. And you're just about to listen to one of them. Enjoy it. And don't forget, Food and Health Talks is now Changemaker Podcast. Thank you. Welcome to a new episode of the Food and Health Talks podcast, a show focused on educating and empowering people to create a healthier future through nutrition and wellness education. A show where you will find interviews with leading scientists making groundbreaking discoveries, innovators, and global food industry leaders. It is that show you do not want to miss with your host, Dr. Julia Oleanju. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Food and Health Talks. On this episode, I'll be having a conversation with someone leveraging technology to enhance how people manage chronic diseases through nutrition. If you're a curious person like me and you're eager to understand how this mobile or web applications are developed to intelligently understand your needs and be able to suggest nutrition that is appropriate for you, then listen in. I have many questions and there's someone here today who is a good place to answer those questions because he's innovating in the space. He is Mori Barr, an engineer turned innovator and advocate in food and health. He's dedicated to prevention, management and reversal of chronic illnesses through nutrition. He is the founder and the CEO at Personal Remedies. Uh, Mori, it's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's great to be with you, Julia, once again. Thanks. It's a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. So, yeah, one of the key things that I want us to start with that I really enjoy starting with is learning more about um, innovators, learning more about you, and um, giving our audience an opportunity to know a bit about you. So do you mind sharing uh, your story? How did you get to where you are doing what you're doing today? It all started with really a personal situation, uh, which is very common among founders. Not uh, that long ago, uh, I was told by my doctors that uh, uh, my cholesterol was high, my triglycerides were high, that I had uh, high blood pressure. Uh, There was a time when I had some uh, tinnitus in one of my ring in my ears. And every now and then I had heartburn. And every one of these um, illnesses um, resulted in some sort of guidance from my doctors. Uh, For example, for cholesterol, they told me cut down fat. For triglycerides, they said less sugar. For high blood pressure, they said less salt. And so after a while, I was asking myself, what is there left to eat? I can't eat anything. Everything is you know, harmful to me. And I started doing some research. I didn't want to add this, these issues to prescription drugs that you have to take for the rest of your life. I wanted to see if I can add this, these challenges and health issues to diet. So I started doing some research and organizing that research and making lists of food items that are helpful and food items that are harmful 
to every one of these conditions. And once I started organizing that and doing the research about that, I realized that I may not be the only one who suffers from multiple chronic illnesses and health challenges and health risks. And that eventually led me to formalize my research and develop some algorithms for which we have a patent that has the capability to digest, analyze, and summarize available science and research as it relates to the relationship between different food items and different illnesses. And that really became the basis for personal remedies. And of course, I recruited a number of friends and family, not family, but friends and um, colleagues who helped me uh, make this vision a reality. That's great. So um, to just give a context, you have a background in engineering, so you and uh, computer science, if I'm correct. So you leverage that um, that background to your advantage in um, gathering information. So what point, um, at, the, at what point in your career did you decide, you know what, I want to learn more about food and health. Of course, you mentioned that uh, there were health triggers for you. Um, and then, but of course, I'm sure initially you just kept going on with day-to-day uh, -day life. And, and then at some point, you decide to change course and learn more about food in a way to in a way that you can help others. So what changed? What happened? And did you notice some changes when you adjusted or when you ad ad adhered to all the dietary guidelines that the doctors gave you? Or did you learn something? Um, remarkable that led you say, you know what, I can actually do this to help more people because it really helped me, you know. So what point did the change happen? Right. As I mentioned earlier, um, about 20 plus years ago, when I was told by my physicians about all these health challenges, I realized that the kind of dietary guidance they were giving me were very limited and very primitive. For example, uh, for cholesterol and triglycerides, they gave me one printed page that had been copied over and over again, thousand times. And on one side, it said, um, here are some of the things you should be consuming. And here are some of the things you shouldn't be consuming for cholesterol. And on the other side, for triglycerides, for example. And I realized that this is really very inadequate and it is not a specific enough. Um, you know, not all vegetables are equal, not all fruits are equal, not all nuts and seeds are equal. Some are better than others, some are bad, some are good, some are harmful, some are helpful to different um, uh, combination of illnesses. So uh, it was really at that time that I realized that I got to organize this myself. And um, when I had the luxury of putting more time into this, and focusing more on development of the technology and algorithms for this, um, I started um, doing that and recruiting people to help me with that. And then um, in 2012 timeframe, I decided to become full-time focused on this project. Uh, you know, my background, even though I have master's in computer science and I started my career in the IT sector, over time, 
I moved to more executive positions in marketing and management of companies. Uh, and so I was able to recruit all kinds of help and uh, bring together a team that helped me make this happen. Um, you're right that my background is uh, software and computer science, but uh, I recruited uh, different people in nutrition, like Katia Tsayun, who has a PhD in nutrition from Tufts University. I recruited um, Dr. Andrew Lenhart, who is a primary care physician who has over the years shifted towards functional medicine and focused more on uh, addressing the root cause of a problem rather than what is customary in the conventional medicine, especially in the US, which is they treat the symptom and they treat the symptom by giving you drugs that you have to take for the rest of your life, as opposed to trying to eliminate the problem altogether. Thank you so much for um, giving that perspective. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about the algorithm and the information you gather. Um, I checked uh, some of the resources on your website. I noticed that you do uh, make recommendations on what people can eat at different points in times with different chronic illnesses. So I just wanted to understand how, you, uh, how your algorithms work to gather information to make those recommendations. Okay. If you uh, allow me, I'd like to share my screen with you and run through a couple of the slides that perhaps better explain what we do and how we do it. And then I would like to actually give you a demonstration of some of these capabilities so uh, your audience can get uh, full appreciation. Okay, so um, let's very quickly uh, mention what personal remedies is all about. We provide fully automated capability that offers dietary guidance, taking into account a patient's multiple illnesses, health risks, allergies, dietary preferences, and medications that they take. Now, the question is, how do we do that? As you mentioned, you know, what are the algorithms and the principles that make this possible? Imagine your favorite food. Mine is raw oyster. Imagine a chronic illness, let's say pancreatic cancer. There are no NIH funded initiatives. There are no studies. There is no research that tells us whether raw oysters are helpful or harmful for pancreatic cancer. However, there's a lot of science available about the relationship between variety of nutrients and pancreatic cancer. And of course, there's a lot of information available about nutrient content of raw oysters. What our algorithms and software does is we absorb and digest all the science available about the relationship between nutrients various nutrients and pancreatic cancer. And we take into account the content, nutrient content of raw oyster. We also take into account the reliability of a given study 
some studies are more uh, reli reliable than others or more comprehensive than others. We also take into account the relationship between different nutrients. Some nutrients facilitate absorption of another nutrient. Some nutrients impede or demand greater consumption of another nutrient or interfere with absorption of another nutrient. So our algorithms take all of that into account in order to establish one single score that represents helpfulness or harmfulness of a given food item, and we have 1,000 plus food items in our uh, knowledge base, as it relates to a given chronic illness. And we have about 300 different chronic illnesses in our knowledge base. So that's really how we establish helpfulness or harmfulness of any food item as it relates to any illness that we have in our knowledge base. Once you have done that process, once you have executed these algorithms and you have established a score for every one of these unique relationships, then you are in a, a position to offer all sorts of dietary guidance. You are in a position to tell people in this food group, say nuts and seeds, these are the best choices for diabetes type two, diabetes type one, rheumatoid arthritis, polycystic ovary syndrome, whatever health condition that you wish. And therefore you can give very specific, actionable guidance to people. You can answer questions such as, is asparagus good for me, yes or no? And that answer would be produced by our software based on your unique health profile. One of the things that is significant about um, our capabilities is the fact that we don't just tell you that this food is good for that condition. We also tell you how good, how helpful. We also tell you what conditions that food may be harmful to, which there's not enough emphasis on that, on that in current literature. Uh, a lot of people promote this concept of superfood. Well, there is no such thing as superfood. Any food that you mention, I can, our system can produce a list of at least five or more chronic illnesses or health issues or health risks or diets for which that superfood is actually harmful. So this is, these are the kind of challenges that we add this. This is how we deliver on the promise of food is medicine. You know, food is medicine is a lot like teenage sex. Teenage, teenage sex. Everybody's talking about it. Very few are exper experiencing it and no one knows how to do it well. But in our case, we actually can tell people specifically what food is harmful or helpful for a given illness or a combination of illnesses. And we deliver that capability three different ways. We have an API that any organization can use to access our knowledge base. 
and get answer to exactly those kinds of questions that I mentioned. The second way we uh, educate the public and deliver these capabilities is through our patient portal, where there's a web-based, which is also mobile-friendly interface that people can use to get answers to those kinds of questions. And the third way we deliver these capabilities to the consumers is through a collection of apps. We have 44 mobile apps in the market. Each app is focused on one specific primary chronic illness and its comorbidities. There is no such thing as someone who suffers from diabetes type two. If you show me someone who suffers from diabetes type two, I assure you I can show you someone that may also suffer from obesity, heart disease, high triglycerides, and all kinds of other health risks. So one of the things that makes us very unique is ability to address those comorbidities. We don't just offer guidance for diabetes. We offer guidance for combination of diabetes type two and its common comorbidities. So when it comes to uh, collecting information from people, what kind of information do you collect? Do you just, co um, uh, uh, um, what, what, what is the range of um, questions you ask and how far do you go in collecting information? Right, we do not capture any personal identification information. We don't ask them their names. We don't ask them for their address. We don't ask them for their phone number and so on. The only information we ask about is what are the health issues and concerns that they might have? So our API doesn't know anything about the individual or profile or the person for whom a given business is doing an inquiry from us through the API. On our patient portal, the only information we ask is an email address so that they, they can use that in order to sign in and log into our patient portal but they can give us any kind of email address. It doesn't have to identify their name. So, so we do not ask for any personal identification information. We just ask for what are the health concerns and health issues that they want to inquire about. And they could even be inquiring for their dad or mom or, 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 or brother or sister. They don't even have to uh, do those inquiries and get educational material from us for themselves, they could be doing it on somebody else's behalf. So uh, if you don't collect any information from them, and so that means it's pretty much a generic recommendation. It's not customized, it's not personalized for No, them. I disagree with that statement. If, if you can tell me all your health issues, if you tell me I'm female, I'm adult, I suffer from diabetes type two, um, I have a risk of prostate uh, breast cancer in my family, um, and, and I wanna follow a vegetarian diet, we will give you dietary guidance for that exact profile. How more personalized can you get? <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't have to know your name in order to give you personalized guidance. 
Right. So I, I was actually thinking about um, personal identifying information in terms of name and address and all that. That does not really matter when it comes to um, things like this. The, what I was thinking about is actually samples. Um, by that I mean, uh, whether it's uh, a blood sample or saliva that will help you understand the genomic makeup, uh, because somebody might have a particular phenotype However, the genotype may, might be completely different. So um, the expression that we see is very limited. It's not indicated, it doesn't give the full picture. So that was what I was um, referring yeah. to, saying that you don't right. have information from them. Right, but let me uh, touch on that. We are not in the business of diagnosis. We are not in the business of making predictions about your health issues. So that individual who has given his blood sample to their doctor has been advised now by their doctor that, hey, you are vulnerable to, to develop this illness. That person that has done an analysis of their genes and has received a report on their genetic disposition to develop certain health issues now is aware of that health issue. And therefore, when they come to our site, they will say breast cancer risk. They will tell us that because of the diagnosis they received from the doctor, based on their blood sample, that their sugar level is too high and they're pre-diabetic. Therefore, all the information that we need in order to address specifically their personal situation is available to us. I don't have to diagnose and analyze your blood uh, sample or your genes because you have already done that and you have come to me with that knowledge. And now we are in a position to give you totally personalized dietary value. We, by design, we do not want to play the role of diagnosing and analyzing someone's genetic disposition, blood samples, and so on. They have done that already before they came to us. Okay. Thank you. So um, I'll, I'll move away from, from that. and We'll talk a bit more about uh, nutrition, disease prevention, and management uh, as a whole. Now, it's an emerging field. We are learning about it each day. And um, one of the key things that um, I know, for instance, is that um, different food types, uh, people respond to different food types in different ways. And there are many factors that come into play when it comes to that. And one of the key things about this field is it's very important. It's uh, crucial for people to tap into the power of food. However, we don't know enough about it. It's something that we're learning more and more each day. And um, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, on this uh, on this area of um, healthcare, preventive healthcare as a whole, uh, because you have different hubs, you collect information from people every day, you see how people are applying and taking things like this um, seriously. Uh, by that I mean take, taking um, a food-focused approach to healthcare. So I just want to get your take on on this area. What are you seeing and what do you think 
uh, the future hold with regards to preventive care. Okay, well, I'm not uh, into predictions that much. What I do know is when you're making short-term predictions, it's more important to be, it's better to be accurate than entertaining. And when you're making long-term predictions, it's uh, better to be entertaining than accurate. So uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to at this point claim that we have done a good job of analyzing the various data that we have collected from our users, whether they are using our software and our capabilities through the website or apps. We have um, analyzed some of the data in order to identify comorbidities. Uh, and that's how we reached the conclusion that um, most people who use one of our apps, about 50% or so of people who use our apps don't just suffer from that primary condition that the app is focused on. They have comorbidities. They have other health issues. <coughs> Excuse me, some of the feedback we have got from our users also confirmed that. We get sometimes requests from people who say, I'm using your polycystic ovary syndrome app and I noticed that among comorbidities, you don't have kidney stones listed. So we went on a matter, of, and in that particular case, in a matter of hours, we added kidney stones for those who develop calcium oxalate kidney stones as a comorbidity to that app. And therefore within hours, that same user, when they use the same app without even having to download a new version of that, the app, we're able to now list the combination of PCOS and uh, calcium oxalate uh, kidney stones in their profile so that the dietary guidance they receive from us takes both of those into account. Uh, your question had multiple parts. At the end, you kind of asked about uh, uh, predictions, but forgive me. Not I quite. Not quite. Oh, okay. Not quite um, predictions. Actually, I was just trying to get your perspective uh, on on that area of um, preventive care. And of course, when I talk about perspective, I'm talking about where you think it is now, what you think it could be in the future if we okay. take some steps. You know. So. Um, yeah, that's okay. what I was inferring. Okay, I appreciate that clarification. And sorry if I didn't quite understand. Um, so here's what we see. There is greater acceptance and greater awareness among both consumers and increasingly among healthcare providers about the significant role that proper dietary and lifestyle changes play in either prevention, management, and sometimes reversal of existing chronic illnesses, as well as addressing health risks and postponing development of some of these disorders. So there is increasing 
acceptance of that. There is increasing awareness about that, which is wonderful, which is great, and it's good for all of us. Uh, you know, food is the safest medicine you can take. Um, and it has been true millions of cl clinical trial equivalents because we're still here. And we have consumed these natural foods for thousands of years, and we're still here. So, uh, so that's a kind of one perspective I can offer you. In terms of how things are developing going forward, through the enabling technologies, such as ours, such as our API and many others like us in digital health space, we can offer greater access to good knowledge about role of food and diet in addison chronic illnesses. Anybody can now get guidance through an app, through internet related to various illnesses. Now, some of these sources are more reliable than others, no doubt. Some of them uh, always point you to uh, their supplements that they like to sell you. But there are some organizations like ours where we don't promote any brand, we don't promote any supplement. As a matter of fact, we have a bias against supplements per se. We rather add this health issues through choice of natural foods available in our kitchen and in our grocery stores. And this could lead us, uh, if I can now kind of make some prediction about five years from now or 10 years from now, there will come a time when, when you and I travel to a new city and we do some research and find some favorite restaurant that we like to try, there will come a time when you, when you walk into that restaurant, our app already knows about your health profile and our app already knows about all the items on the menu of that restaurant. And based on your health profile, our app will be in a position to tell you which of those items on the menu, which of those dishes on the menu are most helpful to your personal health profile. Technology is already here. We already have the capability not to only identify helpfulness or harmfulness of every ingredient, but we're also in a position to do the same for any recipe. And so technology-wise, we already have that capability. We have solved that problem. It's um, like adoption of any other new technology. It's more a question of how quickly the public and how quickly different businesses embrace this change and start making, uh, start becoming more transparent about the ingredients they use in different recipes so that our technology can actually deliver on that vision that I just described. Yeah, so um, I think uh, that there's so many opportunities uh, for to help people, to help people, number one, increase access to good food. And apart from that, knowing what to eat and when to eat and what's good for them, I think it's really, uh, it's really great. And um, 
and it's um it's something that's really needed the only uh question that i have that i i, I do not have clarity to is what i refer to earlier on in terms of how precise the the information is um based on the how precise the inform the recommendation is based on the fact that you have limited information you're collecting from the patients and um what has the feedback been so far let me add this that thanks for asking that question uh it comes up very often it's important for us to understand and recognize that our objective at personal remedies is not to produce the most accurate, the most scientifically up-to-date guidance. That's not our goal. What is our goal, <coughs> excuse me, is to provide dietary guidance that is 100 times better than a status quo. That's our goal. So let's talk about a status quo. Today, if someone suffers from multiple chronic illness, there is not a single organization and there's not a single dietitian who's got the information and the tools to provide them dietary guidance. According to CDC, there is a void of information for people who suffer from chronic illnesses. So let's just recognize that upfront. Secondly, imagine the following. Let's say we have about 1,000 food items, natural food items, not branded items, natural food items in our knowledge base. In our case, we track 90 different nutrients. That means there are 1,000 times 90, 90,000 unique relationships for just identifying and providing nutrient content of these food items. Also consider that we have about 300, 300 illnesses, medications, dietary preferences, health risks, health issues, disorders, etc. We have 300 of them in our knowledge base. And if you have 1,000 food items, that is 300,000 unique relationships between a given illness, between each of these illnesses and each of the food items we have in our knowledge. There is not, and there are of course, thousands of research papers and studies that our system uses as reference for this knowledge. There is not a single human alive who can recall 300,000 relationships in case of food disease interactions or 90,000 relationships in terms of nutrient content of different food items. It doesn't exist. And there is no human or collection of humans, even a committee of nutritionists who you can go to and give them any combination of health conditions and illnesses and say now for that combination, what are the best nuts and seeds for me? They will need to have weeks and months of research before they can answer that question. We do that in a nanosecond. So our goal 
is to improve upon a status quo, not by 10, 20, 50%, by by 1000%, by taking into account all of the available research, which computers can do, but human can't, humans can't, by taking into account all of that research, all of that data, and by ability for computer to recall all those numbers and significant data in order to make an assertion about helpfulness or harmfulness of a given food item as it relates to an individual's unique health profile. And, and patients do not need a prescription or any doctor authorization to use your applications, right? Correct, correct. Because I know some applications would insist on a physician permission to use the, the platform, um, to use their platform. So I know um, um, some that focused on gut health and um, um, there's this, um, I forgot the name of the app, but I know they, they require they require doctor's prescription for that. So it's good to, it's good to learn more about personal remedies. And uh, thank you so much for making time to share so if you would, uh, if someone is listening today and, uh, and they're wondering, you know, I want to really learn more about how I can, um, how I can optimize my health uh, uh, through nutrition. I know there are many apps out there. Uh, there are many platforms out there to learn information. Where will you advise them to start? What, what will you advise them to start with in terms of their learning journey? If you're a consumer, uh, or a patient, or they have a loved one who is suffering from certain illnesses, the best approach for them is to go to personalremedies.com, click on patient portal, and receive dietary guidance specific to their illness and health issues and health concerns. So for consumers, that's really the best approach. We recommend that really, frankly, over the apps, because the patient portal is a website accessible both on mobile devices and uh, PCs, does provide much more comprehensive and more up-to-date guidance than our apps do today. If they are a business like a health tech company or a wellness corporate wellness organization, or frankly, a provider, and they want to augment their capabilities and beef up their existing portals with dietary guidance for patients who suffer from the illnesses that they focus on on their platform. For them, we recommend that they use our API and they can learn more about our, our API uh, on our website. Again, if they go to personalremedies.com and they click on developers or providers, they will be able to get a lot more information about RPI. By the way, RPI was chosen by the industry as one of the top 14 AI-based APIs. The other companies on that list included IBM, Google, Amazon. And among those 14, we are the only health-focused API on that list. Also, industry acknowledged that our API is one of the most visited, most used, most applied APIs for health 
uh, that they track. Um, so I highly recommend if someone is a business and they want to beef up their capabilities and provide their uh, users, patients, community, dietary guidance specific to their chronic illnesses and issues, then I would highly recommend for them to look at API. Yes, uh, thank you for sharing that. One thing we say um, when we have episodes like this that's focused on health and food is that um, all listeners are advised to discuss with their healthcare professional before they make any dietary changes. Um, people are on different medication, they're on different, they have different conditions, and the only person that has full knowledge of your health condition is your healthcare professional. So before making any dietary changes, discuss with a healthcare professional. Uh, thank you so much, Maury, for joining us today and sharing with you, sharing with our audience your work and what you're doing at Personal Remedies. And for everyone that has logged in today, thank you for tuning in. Until the next time, we will bring an exceptional guest your way. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'd like to share a very important tool that makes it very easy for me to prepare this podcast every single episode with you. And that tool is a platform called Anchor. Anchor is a platform created by Spotify, which makes it very easy to record, edit, merge, insert music into your audio, and just prepare everything you need for each of your episodes. It also makes it easy for you to work with your team as well. They could prepare the files for you and you upload easily or they upload for you. Whatever you want to do with preparing for and broadcasting your podcast, Anchor makes it easy. So check it out. It's free to create your account. And I also want to add this as a sponsored segment. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for another session of Food and Health Talks. We invite you to subscribe to this channel, share this with your friends and colleagues, and don't forget to leave a review for us. Together, we are joining hands to shape a healthier future of food.